of LCMSU, everyone. Who are you? I am. The Chancellor. Yeah, baby. Master <laughs> Marcus Zill. Here in the Student Union with Rebecca Wagner, talking to her all the way up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. How are you doing today, Rebecca? I'm doing wonderful, thanks. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. A year ago, came down for the LWML convention that was down here in the queue, and I met you. And it was in one year, you've gotten married, you've had a kid. Life is changing, huh? Drastically, yes. And uh, your little one, Annika, right? Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying being a mother? I sure am. There's a lot of challenges that come along with it that make me more and more thankful for my own mom. (laughs) Help me to realize just everything that does go into being a mom. But there's a lot of joy to it, to be sure. She just started laughing just last week. So there's a a joy that we've just recently gotten to enjoy. And kudos to your husband, too. It takes two, and he's he's out walking her in that humidity while you're on the phone with me. And so got to give him some credit, at least a little bit. So, Oh, yeah. But Peter, I, Peter is as much a missionary as I am. Yeah, and I'm sure he's a... He's as great a dad as you are. I'm sure you're a terrific mom. Monica's a very fortunate (laughs) and blessed young lady. So how did you go about becoming a domestic missionary? I mean, we only have like, do you know how many there are in the Synod? We maybe have like seven or eight? Just a handful right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you are a handful, but I don't know if that's, (laughs) at least that's what I hear. I'm just kidding. No, but there's maybe six, seven, eight. You were working with both domestic and international students, but uh, you've you've done this before, haven't you? I have worked uh, for the international student ministry at St. Paul's Lutheran Chapel in Iowa City down there with Pastor Mons. Uh, I was the director there for a year. That's right. Max Mons. That's such a great name. Oh, um, yeah. He's a he's a great guy, and it's a great campus ministry down there at the University of Iowa. Now, where did you go to college? Uh, at the University of Iowa, and okay. I did spend one year at Harbin Normal University in Harbin, China. Oh, wow. So what did you do while you were in China? Were you learning Chinese? What what kind yep. of a program was that? It was, it was basically Chinese grammar, speaking, uh, the uh, HSK, the standard Chinese test, it was everything Chinese for for two semesters. Chinese immersion. Did did you did you made what did you major in? I majored in Chinese and linguistics at the University of Iowa. Wow! And uh, how good would you say your Chinese is? 
Well, um, I did pass the highest level of this the standardized HSK Chinese tests. But that being said, it's always fluctuating, and I haven't gotten a whole lot of practice lately. The Chinese students that I meet up with want to speak English, so uh, it's it's deteriorated somewhat. Well, nothing a little Duolingo or Babbel can help <laughs> with. So uh, I'm trying to learn. How many languages do you know? Is it just English and Chinese, or do you know some more? I studied Spanish in high school, and then uh, I also took Latin and Greek in college. And when I came back from China, I added uh, German and Korean and Russian because I had some extra time on my hands. So you are a, a bit of a linguistic dabbler. I I love languages. Kudos to you for that. And, uh, and wow, Chinese. I mean, there aren't many people that I run across <clears throat> who are Americans who, who know Chinese. And it, it's not... Everybody seems to want to learn Spanish. More and more. I, I My first job out of college was at a Chinese and Spanish immersion school. So there's more and more American students out there learning Chinese. Well, and you know, it's it's getting pretty crucial. Because, as you said, most of them that you run across, they're, they're here going to school or related to those who are going to school, family members and whatnot. But they, they would like to learn to get their English better. But I, uh, I always like to point out the stats that the four top countries where most of our, uh, I'd say 60, 70% of our international students are coming to in the United States. The so number one is, of course, China. China. It's about mm-hmm. 3%, 3%, of all, 3% of all students enrolled at a U.S. college or university are from China. 3%, which doesn't sound like a lot until you realize that that's like a million out of 21 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, Yeah, my, my first year here um, at the University of Minnesota, I mean at University Lutheran Chapel, there were over 3,000 Chinese students alone at our, you know, at no, our university. It. And I don't know since then if it's grown or not, but I'm sure it's somewhere around the same number this, this upcoming year too. Well, the, the other three biggest ones are, uh, these are not as well known, um, India, Kenya, and Saudi Arabia, along with China, make up one million wow. college students, about 60-70% of all of the um, international students here. On the, and of course, you have a bunch of, um, you know, wherever you have a ski team, you have Norwegians. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I mean to profile them, <laughs> but it's kind of true. But you have a few, not as many Europeans coming to America. It seems like they're coming from, um, and not even so much from uh, South America. It seems like most of our students are coming from from Asia, Africa, and the Middle East. And I know when I was at the University of Wyoming for many years, you might get a kick out of this, Um Laramie, Wyoming is at 7,200 feet, and we had the largest contingent of Nepalese students in the country. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, that's, that's funny. And they suffered the incredibly low, low altitude in Laramie, Wyoming at 7,200 feet. No kidding. It's like it's thousands of feet lower than yeah, the Himalayas. Like, wow, what do we do? <laughs> we <funny>. can... <laughs> it's just, it's kind of funny, and they all kind of... Uh, Coag- not coagulates not the word but they all ca- tend to gather in certain places i think almost all of our major universities have tons of chinese students 
Um, but many of these other groups tend to kind of form in places where then they kind of develop a pipeline, just kind of like maybe we would if we go to schools like in Russia or whatever, we tend to send them to the same same places. Then they know people that are already there and have mm -hmm. been there. But so how did I, I ask this and I didn't let you answer it. How did you end up in Minnesota and how did you end up becoming a domestic missionary? And what what exactly does that mean? Well, I did end up in Minnesota to start my first job out of college, like I was telling you earlier, at uh, a Spanish and Chinese immersion school. Mm -hmm. And I was a librarian there for the first couple of years. And then the third year, I was teaching basic skills. Uh, so tutoring for math and reading in Chinese. And that third year, I was making plans to go study abroad in Germany for a master's program mm -hmm. when Pastor Kind approached me and asked if I would instead consider working at University Lutheran Chapel as a missionary to the Chinese students here on campus. And I looked at the two options, going to Germany or staying here, and I decided that this is much more important. So... Well, Three years later, here I am, still at the U of M. I am sure that he is glad to have you. Now, what all do you do you do in your position? Tell us a little bit. You know, the, what is the what is a weekly life or whatever in the life of a domestic missionary at ULC at the University of Minneapolis? Besides for going to church and those types of things, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Well, each week, Pastor Kind and I will meet to go over what we're both working on and how uh, we can support each other in that, whether it's in reaching out to students and checking in on them, seeing how they're doing, uh, praying for them and uh, praying for our church as well. Uh, we also go through the upcoming gospel reading and it's good practice for both of us in our Greek <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really been nice to be able to do that. Yes. Sure. And uh, throughout the week, we have events like, well, we have matins on Monday mornings. We have table talk, which is a topical study on Wednesdays, along with free meals. You know, college students love those. And uh, I just started up this month's English conversation group and a knitting and crocheting group, too. Uh, they're I figured this month it's going to be pretty slow till students start trickling in, but it sure. gives me a chance to get used to the schedule with Annika along and also to get posters out and get things online. Uh, so there's, there are going to be quite a few events at Luther house. Um, but uh, also there's plenty along, plenty going along uh, here at home too. Oh, sure. I like to, try and get some reading in and I like to invite people over to my house for for dinner or just to talk and I'm really fortunate to have a husband who is agreeable with that and who likes to be part of the conversation too and getting to know the different students and families that we meet. Now do you live fairly close? I think you, you just told me before we got on the radio you're getting ready to, to move to another location is that going to be farther or closer to campus how far away from campus are you well right now our studio apartment is a mere two blocks from luther house 
uh, and right next to Dinky Town. It's the campus town next to the U of M. Oh, yes. We are going to be... Oh, do you now? (laughs) Uh (laughs) Well, we're going to be moving to the Prospect Park neighborhood, which is a couple miles away from Luther House on the other side of campus. Not, Not too far from campus, but it might be easier for... Uh, us to either pick up students with our car to bring them to visit or to take, uh, you know, the metro or something to get over to visit. So it's sure. not it's not going to be as easy as it was before, but we're still close enough that it's not, you know, across town or anything like that. Well, I, always, I always tell people that when you're talking about a major college campus with like 70, 80,000 students, there is no one, tr- one place that's perfectly central. Uh, to everything Mm -hmm. and uh, so uh, but uh, now you guys um, as many people know um, lost your chapel facility the sanctuary uh, what is it six seven years ago now something like that I know this is before Mm -hmm. your time my understanding just because uh, we have focused on this in the past and done a show with Pastor Kind on this the whole build it back program and whatnot in terms of you you they've broken ground and not only broken ground but you're actually starting to see a structure for your new sanctuary go up right that's right uh they've laid the foundations and the retaining walls and just today they started uh putting up cement blocks i think it's for the elevator shaft that is terribly and it's, it's going to be connected to luther house which you've been using as home base for for the time that you've been there and going back a few years, is it is the church going to be c- completely connected or kind of sort of just next to it? We've had a couple different changes in the blueprint, but I, the plan is to eventually connect the two up. Currently, yeah. though, the current plans are not. They're separate. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if those Minnesotans can walk an extra seven feet in the middle of the winter. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, they'll survive. They'll survive. You can build like a little igloo tunnel between the two places, and it'll 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 go. stay nice and cool and and crisp and intact for about seven months. <laughs> no, there we you go. When is the hope? We should that, have had you drawing. There the plan. you go. I mean, you could save some thinking? money. Why why put up why put up there why use go. brick and mortar when you can use ice for half the year? Uh huh. So, <laughs> could be a student project you know the time of the year when it's time to build their little igloo tunnel between the facilities <laughs> but uh, when, uh, when is the hope what's kind of the target date if if you know when they hope to you know kind of have this all done i know how these construction things go but what what's the hope the the target date for completion is february of next year oh okay so that's only like seven eight months from now yeah it's not long wow well, all I know is this, when that happens, I will be there and nothing will keep me from being there to celebrate with all of you. That is going to be a glorious day whenever you christen this this building and set it aside for God's service. I am glad to hear that. No, I, I will be there. I promise. We'll be I, so I will, happy to see you. I will even say, hey, anybody in the Office of National Mission, no, go having some high-powered meetings because I is skipping them. <laughs> <laughs> good man yes. well we we would be well we would welcome anybody who wants to come so and yes, the whole I know office you... of national mission can, there you go uh, we'll, come we'll, we'll and welcome 
There you go. Well, I'll meet up there. So, uh, there and go. yes, I know you're in linguist. I said is, and I was being silly. So, anyway, so <laughs> some tips and ideas. You you have a lot of experience working with international students. Um, you mentioned that you uh, have English conversational groups, and we talked earlier about the fact that they really like to learn English. Um, how do how do you structure those, and how helpful are those? Well, I have to admit the. The first couple years, I hesitated to do them because I was struggling to find how this would connect to the ministry, how this would be directly proclaiming Christ to students. Sure. And I'm starting them this year with the intention of using uh, using the Bible, uh, passages from the Bible, and also excerpts from theological books uh, i've been looking through god in the dock by c.s lewis Excellent. and with the plan of using those essays and those passages as a basis for conversation when we meet up and the same thing goes for knitting like a knitting and crocheting group i was thinking you know these are just social things that anybody can do so how how do we plan these or how do we have these events so that they're actively sharing Christ. And I'm thinking with this group, the knitting and crocheting group, we can use it as a way to show mercy, as a way to share with others. And um, what I mean by that is we have a children's hospital here in the cities. Sure. And I want to make it a goal that our group is able to make a certain number of items that we will donate to the children's hospital around Christmas time or when they're in need of certain items. Now, and is that, way, is that primarily we, for international students or can anybody come to it? Or is it mostly I, men? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let you, I'll let you guess the answer to that one. <laughs> but that, that one is certainly open to anybody who is interested in coming. I am not going to turn away somebody just because they're not an international student. Sure. Now, how do you uh, how do you get out? Do international students tend to just show up? Do you what what kind of things do you do to get in the mix to where you can be in a position to meet them? Our church has a student group, a student organization. It's Lutheran Student Fellowship, uh, but because we have this group led by students, mm-hmm. uh, that gives us access to student activities fairs. And the Freshman Explore You Fair at the, at the beginning of the year. Sure. And those are really, really good good ways to get our name out there because we're allowed to have a table and we can have brochures and posters there that students can sign up for our events. They can sign up to get to know more about us. And that's been really a helpful way to, to get to meet students from all, all over the world. So I imagine uh, at, your, also... at your table you have a variety of things for the, the Lutheran kids that are passing through as well as, as international students that they might find of interest in their own language and whatnot. Yes, sir. Yep, that's right. Um, in addition to that, I also uh, i am a language partner um, on campus, and I attend other activities as a way to get to know students. And this year, I've been trying to be much more proactive about putting up posters on 
not just our U of M campus, but also the St. Paul campus and mm. in the surrounding neighborhoods, because we have neighborhoods uh, surrounding us that have a lot of different people from different people groups. Sure. Uh, for example, there are a lot of Somalis here in Minneapolis, Yes, uh, just a few blocks away, really. So you have a whole nother language to learn. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know when I'll find time for that, but I, I would love to if I had the time. Sure. And and what are some, uh, I mean, you, what are some things that people out there can do? You know, lots of times people think, well, I don't have, I don't have the background Rebecca does. I didn't go spend a year in this immersion experience in China. I haven't done this before. How do you get people involved that are maybe even in, within the congregation or in other churches, how do you get out and about with your, especially your international students, to kind of mix and mingle with them? And how can people elsewhere be helpful to the cause? I'm always trying to introduce our international students to our, our other students who already attend our church mm-hmm. and are part of our, our uh, Lutheran Student Fellowship group. So that way they can form friendships and spend more time with Christians who are excited to share about their faith. Uh, members of the congregation are, they're always eager to help out. And sometimes that's things like donating items for goodie welcome bags at the beginning of the semester. And uh, sometimes that's helping to volunteer. I'm hoping to ask for volunteers for the different groups that I've uh, started up beginning in September. Sure. Um, College students other... love free food regardless of what language or what con- what language they speak or where they're from, right? Oh, yes. I, I'm not a college student anymore, and I still love free food. <laughs> there you go. I don't it's, think it's, that ever ends. It's an eternal truth. It, it sure is. Um, yeah, and as well as other congregations, I think that a lot of times, you know, it's easy to emphasize that, yes, we we love prayers and Amen to that. We will always be asking for prayers for our students and for the students that we will meet in the future. Uh, That's the first thing. And then usually everybody thinks that, oh, the next thing is uh, financially speaking. And yes, that's a component too. But uh, congregations are able to actively participate in campus ministries, and that can involve uh, sending volunteers to help out with groups when I was the international student ministry director at St. Paul's in Iowa City, there were uh, volunteers, some some of them retired people, who would come over and help lead the conversation groups. Uh, people that I wouldn't have met otherwise, but they had they had the desire to help out in that capacity. And I bet they didn't know all these other languages, but they knew English, had an interest, yep. and had the time. And cared mm-hmm. enough to want to be involved. I, I think that I think that last thing is the most important: is that they care enough to want to be involved. Sure. If you care enough, then you'll find you'll find time. You'll find a way, one way or another. Uh, we've also been really fortunate to know a couple of congregations. Uh, there's one, a First Evangelical Lutheran in Glencoe, Minnesota, with Pastor Welch and. Okay. Uh, Pastor Bodie down in New Ulm at Redeemer Lutheran, uh-huh. their churches, the pastors and the m- congregational members have been just incredible in helping us to uh, share the gospel with international students by opening their own doors. 
Hmm. Uh, we've been able to put together trips to go visit them and for the international students to to see the sanctuary and to hear all about what the church is about. And they get to hear about baptism. They get to hear about the Lord's Supper and the service and the music that we have as Lutherans. It's been amazing to see the excitement that the members of these churches have to be able to share that with students from all across the world. That is fantastic. I wish I could talk to you much longer, but we're kind of running out of time. Thank you for what you do. You are simply fantabulous. And uh, Pastor Kind is very fortunate to have you there, as is everyone at ULC. How can people learn? What Give us uh, ULC's website, and what's the website where people can go to to help you with the support that you need to continue your work as a domestic missionary? Our website is ulcmn.com, and on that website, you can actually, there's a bio for me that you can look at right there, actually. Okay. Well, Rebecca, great to talk to you. God bless you in various vocations you have, and thank you for joining us in the Student Union today. Well, thank you, Pastor Zell. It was sure a pleasure to hear from you and to have a chance to chat. Okay, take care. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. That's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Witness, January 2nd through 5th in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Check it out at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help.